Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I just took the train back into Chicago this morning. I have about a one out of three mm. chance of getting uh, delayed an hour or more uh, every time I take Amtrak because uh, right around Geary, Indiana, uh, there's a lot of industrial area, but it's also a choke point for basically all freight rail coming between the East Coast and Chicago, which there's a lot of. Uh, and since the sure. freight companies own the rail lines, they get the right-of-way, right? So if you're coming through on an Amtrak and they say, oh, by the way, you're going to be delayed an hour, sit tight. Like, there's nothing you can do, and there's no warning. <clears throat> and they just, you know, apologize for it, and you go on with your day. But I uh, I was up, like, like 7.30 this morning to get on this train, and, uh, you know, we were doing the show, and I, I kind of warned you. I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> on my way out of town on the train, we were stopped for, you know, almost an hour and a half, two hours. Right. So there's a chance that we might not be recording. So uh, the fact you're hearing this means we are on time, hopefully, I think. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and no. we are here. Uh, I was back home for a <clears throat> memorial. Um, we got really great weather for the day of the memorial. I uh, saw a lot of friends and family I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, then two days later, it was like pouring rain and 48 degrees. So we were <laughs> very close to having just completely depressing, hope- hopeless weather. Uh, so we got lucky there. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I go home once in a while, watch TV, and it's, just, it's crazy, like, you watch what's what's on, like, basic cable, you know? Yeah. Uh, forensic Files is your friend, right? But even though it's supposed to be about forensic pathology, there's still, like, just so much fucking racism <laughs> because they're interviewing cops. Because it's cops, right, exactly. Right, and, you know, it's it's like they're talking about this white guy who murdered a woman just for looking like his ex, and they talk about it like it's just like, oh, well, who hasn't? had murderous thoughts about, you know, killing women who looked like their ex before. <laughs> and they even, like, interview the guy who <clears throat> killed her. And he kind of, like, alludes to, like, he's killed other people, but he won't, you know, wink, wink, won't say who. Right. Um, and then, like, the next episode, there was a guy who was a black suspect, and, like, the narrator's voice changed, you know, and got all dark and dramatic, and it was like, he'd had multiple run-ins with police in the past. You know, like, uh, he's a six-foot-five black guy. Pretty sure that doesn't mean anything nowadays, but... You know, this show came out in the late 90s, so a little dated. Um, so, yeah. I try, yeah, I, I try not to watch those shows just because I, I, they do, you know, the constant cop perspective kind of drives you crazy. But when you're, when you're dealing with basic cable, it's a, you have a limited, uh, a limited range of shit to choose from. Right, right. Well, and, you know, these are all real crimes. They're all homicides. They're right, all right, people right. were murdered, but it's, it's like they, they take that and see, see, this, is, this just proves that we're right about all crime. Right. It's like, no, this is... This is, how <laughs> this is why it's cool for us to beat the shit out of a black guy that we pull over for no reason, seven on one. Right, right. Like because, you know, I mean, Los just look at, look at the odds, you know. Um, right. Yeah, there's this really fucking weird commercial I saw for Purdue Chicken, <clears throat> too. And if you know anything about Purdue Chicken, they're like this, like... Every environmental group is constantly going after them because they're one of the most awful oh, the worst, polluting. Right. You know, hey, let's dump all the chicken carcasses in Chesapeake Bay. And what do you mean we're getting sued for that? Why can't we, you know? And right. uh, uh, so apparently <clears throat> they're trying to clean up their images, you know, being an ethical chicken killer. Uh, and there's this ad where there's like a like a, a chicken. There's like two competing chicken boots. Oh, yeah, I saw this ad, yeah. And it's they're like, did you know that, that this company uh, uses animal byproduct in their chicken feed? And people are like, what? 
that's really wrong. It's like, <laughs> what? You're killing the chickens and eating them yourself. What the fuck is like, <laughs> like where? But you know, I don't, I don't want my chickens to eat other chickens, or or the ground up, you know, meal byproduct of killing other animals. That's not ethical. That fucks up my my image of you know Farmer John like throwing the fucking feed on the ground. And all the chickens are clucking. It, it's just it's so bizarre. Um, I wanted to ha- share one other little thing here to c- kind of cross my path tangentially. Um, this is just for an article a couple of years ago. Uh, There's a, a group called CARE, spelled uh, anagram dot C A A I R, which stands for Christian Alcoholics and Addicts in Recovery. And this is just like. This is some great quotes here real quick. Um, So there's an article written in, I don't know where it was written, actually, by uh, Amy Julia Harris and uh, Shoshana Walter. Article titled, All Work and No Pay. They thought they were going to rehab, but they ended up in a chicken plant. (laughs) So uh, this is, again, uh, 2017. I'm just pulling um, uh, quotes here. I'm assuming anyone who was court-ordered to go to this place was either that or jail for drunk driving or something like that right uh and and so it's just kind of jumping in here a few weeks later uh mcgahey stood in front of a speeding conveyor belt inside a frigid poultry plant pulling guts and stray feathers from slaughtered chickens destined for major fast food restaurants and grocery stores there wasn't much substance abuse treatment at care it was mostly factory work for one of america's top poultry companies if mcgahey got hurt or worked too slowly his bosses threatened him with prison and he worked for free care pocketed his paycheck it was a slave camp, McGahey said. I can't believe the court sent me there. Uh, the program has become an invaluable labor source. Over the years, Simmons Food repeatedly has laid off employees while expanding its use of care employees. These are prisoners, essentially. Right. Uh, Simmons is now a sober line on the program uh, for some shifts that the plant likely would shut down if the men didn't show up, according to former staff members and plant supervisors. Uh, Jim Lovell, CARE's vice president of program management, said there is dignity in work. Quote, if working 40 hours a week is a slave camp, then all of America is a slave camp. <laughs> well, you- <laughs> uh, again, I got news for you there, Jim. <laughs> conservatives running face first into the point and missing it anyway. Um, so uh, it continues, men who are injured while at care <clears throat> receive, uh, rarely receive long-term help for their injuries. That's because the program requires all men to sign a form stating that they are clients, not employees, and therefore have no right to workers' comp. Oh. Reveal found, I guess is our, our uh, website called Reveal is the, what this means. Reveal found that uh, when the men got hurt, care filed workers' comps claims anyway and kept the payouts. Injured men and their families never saw a dime. <laughs> so just Seems like fair. from from every level of insanity, like the fucking animal slaughter industry is just like the worst, the absolute worst. When they cut out the middleman, like why bother convicting and sending them to jail and then getting them to do slave labor when you could just send them right into slave labor without the, right. without right. the jail time and all the costly court fees? Well, that's how we had to fight the Vietnam War. It was just like, well, if you don't want to go to jail, go go shoot at Asians in, in Vietnam. <laughs> right. Go uh, take on well, the Viet Cong. <laughs> You know, real quick, we should mention uh, uh, Madison Cawthorn, who, who when he when he's not out punching uh, uh, skinny dead trees and, and knocking the bark off of them, um, is uh, we, he was on uh, Newsmax the other day, which is, I guess like is the new, uh, you know, like indie Fox, basically the TYT for the right wing, well for the for the far right wing for the Nazi, you know, kind of <laughs> wing wing of the right wing. If TYT um, wasn't your right wing cup of tea, here's right, right. yeah, <laughs> right. Um, 
and uh, he was being interviewed, and and I guess he was talking about uh, Biden's ATF nominee, talking about uh, assault weapons bans, and you know the, the usual right wing fucking uh, cry fest about about not wanting uh, it, it, it's insanely high powered uh, weapons on the streets. So he was talking about it, but he made a, a, an offhanded um, point at the end of the interview that was really interesting. So let, let's let's take a listen to that, and we'll uh, we'll chat about it. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how you felt about that. I mean, maybe you didn't see that, that what I'm making allusion to, but he's asked, uh, I think it was Senator Kennedy who asked him, define an assault weapon. And he sat there and said, Duh, I, I can't define an assault weapon. Yet they want to take a, something called an assault weapon, which you and I both know doesn't exist. They want to take it away from us. So doesn't that well, you just know what I'm at? basically undermine? Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I actually saw him walk, try and walk that back and say, well, you know what, the definition of assault weapon is anything that shoots a, a semi-automatic uh, round, something that, that you don't, you can pull the trigger multiple times without having to reload, and it shoots. That is basically every single modern sporting rifle in the United States of America. But let me tell you, the Second right. Amendment is not written for sporting. The Second Amendment is so that if the tyrannical government ever wants to rise up, we can stop them. And if anybody ever wants to say, oh, well, you know what, uh, citizens with a few small arms fire would never be able to stop the federal government. I absolutely disagree. Ask the Viet Cong how they handled the Marines and the Army in Vietnam. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's that worst man in the world agrees with you, man. <laughs> Right, makes it makes an excellent point. Um, heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, so Madison Cawthorn, uh, not realizing it, uh, just completely, yeah, told the truth about Vietnam. So, you know, despite the fact that I'm sure he, you know, uh, disagrees with us on whether or not that was a good thing, um, he uh, kind of told the truth about what went down in Vietnam and that uh, the U.S. got their ass kicked when they tried to, you know, uh, fight a bunch of fucking rice farmers. Right. Uh, well, he, he still probably would say that America won that, but it was much probably, harder but... because it was a guerrilla war who was, you know, using... Uh, you know, small arms for the vast majority of their of their. Uh, their and then there was the, who was the guy, the fucking shit lib who tweeted oh, out. So saying, yeah, I have I have Ted Lou. So Ted Lou is, I mean, one of the biggest pieces of shit in all of Congress. He's a Democrat. He's extremely hawkish. He's extremely. Um, he was like one of the prominent voices of RussiaGate. I mean, he along with like people like Adam Schiff really. Uh, raised his profile by intentionally ramping up the fucking rusophobia and the, the you know the the anti-communist quote-unquote anti you know russian hysteria Wait, is that is that like a fear of the russo brothers marvel guys <laughs> yes yes it's a fear yeah, of, okay it's a fear of mediocre movies um no it's uh, <laughs> hey it yeah. was phase one give him a chance no no no, no. They, they were good they were good for a while there no it's yeah um so uh yeah, so Ted Lou, he is Asian American, so I guess he felt the need to weigh in on this um, and and completely, you know, weigh in from the right uh, to Madison Cawthorn's right, which is hilarious because Madison Cawthorn is, you know, a far right, you know, basically not neo Nazi lunatic, uh, one of the people involved in the, you know, the, the whole insurrection, uh, supporting the insurrection and yada yada. But so Ted Lou tweeted out, uh, quote tweeted that video and tweeted out. Um, Dear Rep. Cawthorn, uh, many Vietnamese uh, and Americans tragically lost their lives in the Vietnam War. Also, the U.S. Marines and the Army won every major battle in Vietnam. You should learn history and stop diminishing the sacrifice of our Vietnam veterans and those who never came back. And apparently Ted Lieu is not familiar with the phrase, won the battle, lost the war, because... Uh, 
Well, I mean, yeah. to, in order to win the war, you have to lose every battle. That's, that's you know, I, I watched Braveheart. You know, I watched The Patriots. You know, that's that's right. just how it is. You end you end with a huge crushing victory, and then you have, or a huge you you show the hero <laughs> losing, and then right before the credits roll, you fade to black, and there is triumphant music, and you have a title card saying right. that you know later on William Wallace is you know people went on to victory. Uh, no, it's it's just it's completely nonsensical because I mean if you know there were <laughs> the the major battles were. Uh, what was what was the big one? The one where they just completely wiped him out. Um, um, uh, f- uh, fuck, I forget the name of it. But well, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's just such, it's, and that's, and I think the reason why this this popped up and people were talking about it initially was Glenn Greenwald uh, was tweeting about this saying, just like, look, this is, look. Oh, the Ted, cr- the Ted offensive. Ted that offensive. Was, yeah, <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Um, yes, you know how how crazy and contrary and liberals are that it's it's like if if a conservative says a thing that's true about the Vietnam War, they just instinctively. You know, try to be more right wing and pro war, and say, "Oh no, 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 no! Vietnam War right. was good. Vietnam War was good. We won. We won. We won. We won." Right, right, right. It, 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 it's it's hilarious, but that's you know, Ted Lieu is throwing his lot in with with the 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 fucking Warhawks who want to just continue to amp up tensions with Russia, and he therefore needs to to now do that with every in every situation, including you know, just uh, somewhat justifying the Vietnam War in the way that he you know. Or he did, he did the usual liberal fucking the dodge of like, oh, well, you know, we don't support the war, but you got to support the men who were there. Like th- that, that shit. They lost that their sh- lives. They had to have died for something, right? Right. No one, no one dies for nothing. Right. So, yeah, it, it's like literally we, there was that um, that great YouTube video that I think I sent it to you. I think you watched it. And it was, you know, like the the lie of the war hero, how how even the most well-intentioned anti-war film still makes a pro-war film right, by yeah, yeah, yeah. by dabbling in this hero narrative that's that's basically a myth that's a lie that they still use to try to attach some kind of meaning to the loss of tens of thousands of people who uh, all died for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think know? we watched that and we talked about that when we did um, uh, Five Bloods, I think. Yeah, the yeah, we, movie we talked about Vietnam. that. Um, that was right. That was right after we did Lighthouse too. And I think I was there was that other uh, great video that guy did um, oh, yeah, on the Lighthouse, incredible. and they both there was there was some overlap there. I watched them right about the same time, and I was like, these guys are really good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's ridiculous, and and you know, while we're on the topic of foreign policy, I do want to mention a couple of quick stories that came through uh, right before we went on air. Um, one of them was uh, this story about. Uh, so the Saudi assassins who 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 butchered uh, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, turns out they were um, well. Here, I'll, I'll read the New York Times headline: uh, Breaking news: Four Saudis who participated in the 2018 killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, uh, Jamal Khashoggi uh, received paramilitary training in the U.S. under uh, a contract approved by the State Department, according to documents and people uh, people familiar with the arrangement. So, uh, and this is an excerpt from the article. Um, the training was provided by the Arkansas-based security company Tier One Group, which is owned by the private equity firm Cerberus. Yeah, Cerberus. Cerberus Capital Management, which is the evilest sounding fucking name imaginable. Yeah, it's Cerberus a three-headed dog that, being the three-headed that guards dog, right? the gate of hell. 
That's right. That's it's the image they want. To three-headed dog guarding there. the gates of hell. Capital management. I mean, can you be any more of a fucking like cartoon evil corporation um, that that also is you know a private security f- uh, firm? Uh, the company says uh, the training, including quote safe marksmanship and quote countering an attack. Uh, was defensive in nature and devised to better protect Saudi leaders. One person familiar with the training said it also included work in surveillance and close quarters battle. The State Department initially granted a license for the paramilitary training of the Saudi Royal Guard to Tier 1 group starting in 2014 during the Obama administration. The training continued during at least the first year of former President Donald J. Trump's term. So, of course, both parties, as per usual, um... You know, just completely bowing to the fucking to the the oil overlords in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um. And you know, it, it, it's it's just you know it's disgusting, but it's not really that surprising. It's just it's just funny to see. Yeah. How, how one how big happy family. Yeah. And then it's you know it's just it's the the only <clears throat> conundrum is for people who work for Wapo who are complete servants to the state. Right. But but are still kind of but like but 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 he was my colleague a journalist. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. You're not even right. going to like sanction. Uh, you he, know, he was one of the good ones. He didn't work for one of those independent ma- right. media outlets. He we worked right. for us. He worked for- <laughs> so yeah, and there it's just yeah, and in, you remember when this happened and like a bunch of corporations pulled out of like some expo in Saudi Arabia once. Right, right. <laughs> and that was as far as it went. They were like, uh. We'll just pretend that we're just not going to be there for this one. Right. But. And like the WWE, like who were doing shows constantly in Saudi Arabia, didn't do one for like six months and then quietly like slinked back once the kind of once the, you know, the noise had died down <laughs> about it. It was like. Just, right. Right. And I'm sure they all checked on it. They were like, OK, so you, you you're positive they dissolved his body in acid. <laughs> like they're not going to find any body parts later on. This going to be back in the news. Right. OK. No, right. he's gone. Everything's and gone. The, and the funny thing about that was and I think we talked about this on the podcast at the time, but they had like a ma- almost a major inter- international incident when they did that because they had some argument with one of the TV companies and they pulled the show off the air in Saudi Arabia as it was going on. And then reports are that uh, Bin Salman like literally held their plane hostage on the tarmac for like 14 hours and wouldn't let them leave. Uh, and, it, and it almost became like a, a, a host- you know, nobody talks about it, but like everyone who's been fired since from the company has been like, oh, yeah, no, we totally weren't able to leave. Like it, it could have been a major like hostage situation. <laughs> right. Like, so, yeah, great people that we're in business with as the United States and over over there in Saudi Arabia. Just just real, real fucking real cool people. Um, the tweet I saw about it, I forget who tweeted it out, but somebody was referred to them as the hatchet men. And he's like, but may, maybe more accurately, the bone saw men. Like, what do we call right. it? Like, what's the accurate term for when you learn a, a close quarters combat, but your real, you know, uh, your real function is to saw off arms and legs with a fucking electric <laughs> right. saw? Right, right. And, you know, and again, you know, the interesting thing about it, well, <laughs> unsurprising thing about it. Uh, was that it started under Obama, continued uh, under Trump, and now Biden is, of course, going to continue that cozy relationship without any kind of major changes, uh, and nothing will fundamentally change. So, well, I mean, you know, like, what, what, where would he find people in the Justice Department to have time to investigate such a thing when he's, you know, so busy trying to overturn California's ban on private prisons? Right, right. So... 
Uh, Merrick Garland, uh, who is our current attorney general, uh, and of course the darling of all of the liberals who think that he was this just mythical figure that was somehow stolen away from us. Uh, you know, he was, of course, uh, Obama's nominee for the Supreme Court. Uh, Obama picking the most right wing possible, you know, uh, judge he could find that he could he could loosely consider to be a Democratic nomination. Um, and he was the one who was, of course, denied by Mitch McConnell and never got the seat, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, liberals decry that as if somehow him being on the court would have swung a lot of these uh, more more important decisions that have gone on uh, in the last, you know, two, three years or so. Um, but if his record at the DOJ is any indication, um, I think we probably would have ended up with about the same breakdown we have now on the Supreme Court. Um, because, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the DOJ, uh, which is, of course, headed by Garland, is trying to help overturn California's ban on private prisons. California... Uh, their state legislature uh, passed a ban on private prisons. Um, I'm sure there's caveats because it's California and they're all fucking shit libs. But, you know, on its surface, it's a good thing. Like saying, oh, yeah, we're going to ban private prisons. Um, but the DOJ, uh, uh, you know, of course, acting as an arm of the Biden administration, who is in bed with uh, a ton of private pr prison companies, is going to try to overturn that. And, you know, of course, you're never going to hear about it. you really had to like search for this kind of story on like some of the more uh, le the lesser known indie outlets. But I mean, it's they've, you know, signaled support for, for, for helping to overturn that ban. They've also signaled support uh, in the last couple of weeks for uh, vigorously defending uh, re uh, religious exemptions from the anti-discrimination laws in relation to the LGBTQ community that were passed recently. Um, so again, like what, and, and people then have since looked back at Merrick Garland's judicial record and see that he often would recuse, uh, recuse himself from LGBTQ, uh, cases. And the four that he ruled on, he ruled against, uh, the LGBTQ rights, uh, plaintiffs or defendants. What were his know, reasons whatever. for recusing himself? <laughs> it's unstated, but you know. Did he run like a conversion fucking therapy thing or something? Like, right, because he's a fucking right wing, you know, Christian, you know, moderate Democrat, uh, right. and I'm sure he just has very strong feelings. Uh, and you know, again, but it's not like any of this shit happens in a vacuum, and that he's like this rogue agent. Joe Biden is a fucking Republican. We've said it from you know uh, the day one of this podcast. Uh, that Joe Biden is fucking conservative to his core. He's not going to change. Uh, everyone he's surrounded himself with, including his cop fucking vice president, are all conservatives. And they deeply, you know, uh, believe in, in, in uh, these specific, you know, the, the, these ideologies that they hold. And it's not like they, they know the right words to use. At least some of them do. Biden, you know, forgets, forgets <laughs> how to speak sometimes. Joe Biden he, definitely knows some words. He knows that some words most of the time if it's you um, know, a good day and he's had, you know, a good breakfast and some of those yeah. magic pills. But So I've got some uh, quotes here, some paragraphs from, uh, I want to say it was a political <clears throat> article, might have been a Hill, um, about a little bit more of the, the uh, nuts and bolts of this thing in California. So... 
Here we go. When California legislators voted to ban private prison contracts in 2019, advocates hailed the first of its kind law as a victory for immigrants who said they have long suffered in facilities run by corporations that cut corners and provide substandard living conditions and medical care. Private prisons are a multi-billion dollar industry that in the U.S. are currently operating in 27 states. Uh, though the facilities hold only 8% of all state and federal prisoners, the vast majority of immigrants detained for deportation are held in for-profit detention centers. Hmm. Shortly after taking office, Biden signed an executive order phasing out federal use of private prisons. However, the order doesn't apply to immigrant detention centers. Oh, weird. Yeah. So in November 2019, Kamala Harris, then a U.S. senator, was among the lawmakers leading a letter to Department of Homeland Security and ICE officials expressing concern that a hastily procured detention center contracts were a uh, apparently an attempt to undermine the spirit of the new law before its effective date on January 1st, 2020. However, uh, Hamid Yad, uh, Yazdan Pana, the advocacy director of Immigrant Defense Advocates, who has closely followed the AB32 court battle, uh, stated, quote, the Biden administration's callous disregard for the issue of immigration detention is embodied by their decision to sign with the private prison companies in the AB32 litigation and defend profits over human lives. Uh, when confronted by activists on the issue of detention, Biden said, give me five days, which he later said was a joke. <laughs> well, no one is laughing now. At the same time, this, is, this quote is over here, at the same time, back to the article, <clears throat> Geo Group, the biggest, uh, I guess, private private, private prison company in California, uh, is facing a shrunken detainee population and end dissatisfied shareholders. <laughs> so they're, you know, the whole business model is to keep them keep them in there, keep make money, right? Right. Uh, investors sued the company in September, alleging that leaders maintained ineffective COVID nineteen response procedures that subjected halfway house residents to significant health risks and opened the community to financial and reputational harm. By misusing, or by I'm sorry, by issuing misleading public statements, oh, I'm sorry. This was the not the community, the company. The company uh, was open to financial and reputational harm, so their investors are suing them for you know making them look bad, like as though private prisons didn't look bad already. N you know the conditions they're in are making them lose profits. Right, <laughs> so, right. Just can't Unreal. win. Can't please anybody when you're a <sighs> fucking for-profit jail warden. Right. No, it's unreal. Um, and, you know, while we're on the topic of the Biden administration and the horrible shit they're doing, um, I want to read this article uh, from Newsweek <clears throat> from last week uh, <laughs> with, with the eye-popping title of, uh, Has Joe Biden Made Anti-Capitalism Illegal? <laughs> Domestic Terrorist Strategy Explained. So I'm just going to read a couple of uh, excerpts here. Uh, on June 15, 2021, the White House published a national uh, strategy for countering domestic terrorism that represents the most comprehensive plan for tackling the issue from any U.S. administration. Sounds good to start with. Um, the strategy, published in a 32-page document, outlines the Biden administration's classifications of different types of domestic terrorists and explains why the issue is such an important one for the current team in the White House and for future presidents. We can uh, uh, excuse me. We cannot ignore the this threat or wish it away. Preventing domestic terrorism is reducing the factors that fuel it. Uh, demand a multifaceted. Oh, I'm sorry. Preventing domestic terrorism and the and reducing the factors that fuel it. 
uh, demands a multifaceted response from across the federal government and beyond. Joe Biden wrote in the report. No, he fucking didn't. That's such a <laughs> yeah, there's no way he wrote any of this shit. Um, we have uh, we have to take both short term steps to counter the very real threats of today and long term measures to diminish uh, the emerging threats of tomorrow. Although this strategy pr- uh, proposes several ways to tackle domestic terrorism in the U.S., parts of the plan will need to be formulated into policy and be voted through Congress before it becomes law. However, the strategy has already caused controversy on Reddit as users claimed on Saturday that it would classify, quote, anarchist violent extremists that, quote, oppose all forms of capitalism as, quote, domestic violent extremists, uh, a.k.a. terrorists. Would the strategy make anti-capitalism illegal in the U.S. if created into law, uh, or is its scope much more narrow? Um, And, of course, the article doesn't really come to a conclusion on that because it's vague as fuck, and, of course, it will be enforced to the max uh, and to the whims of whatever administration is enforcing it. So basically, uh, if you're radically anti-capitalist in, in every sense of the word, you now can, if, if this passes, you will be considered a domestic violent extremist, a.k.a. a terrorist. So you, you are, I guess, currently listening to a, uh, a terrorist podcast because I do, unfortunately, identify us as a socialist talk podcast at the beginning of the show. And I think I've... Oh, I think uh, incriminated we incriminated us for at yeah, least 211 episodes. We got to uh, we got to up the ante and just go f- say we're an anarchist podcast. Now, <laughs> we're, we're anarchist socialist and or anti- neo-Nazi domestic violence podcast. extremist. <laughs> um so yeah, apparently the new uh soon to be mayor of Buffalo, New York, India Walton uh is going to be a terrorist mayor. A terrorist mayor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. Um, she, uh, yeah, she was elected uh, uh, yesterday, I believe. And uh, well, it, it was the primary. Um, the primary, yeah. But, but it's it's gonna... like you know, unless it's, unless it's, it's right. New York City, Republicans aren't going to win the mayorship there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Ironically, um, but ironically, they are poised to win the the mayoral race in New York now because uh, uh, what's the fuck is name? Eric Adams seems to be the. Uh, Democratic nominee after yesterday's primaries, um, Andrew Yang, who was like oh running God. away with the mayor's race until he fucking tripped over his own dick with that Israel tweet, um, finished, I believe, in fourth place, uh, which is just a real I, nobly, staggering fucking. Yeah. I, well, I mean, he followed it up with like just absolutely horrifying tweets and statements about people with mental illness. But he cut his support in half with a single fucking tweet. Unre- I, I, really, a collapse like of the likes of which have never been seen. Like, like you know, puts the Falcons blowing a twenty-eight to three lead in the fourth quarter against the Patriots in the Super Bowl to shame. Like, it's a real, it's a real fucking, <laughs> it's real. Just like you, it's it, you'd be. I don't even know. I'm sure this has happened before, where somebody. Quarterbacks <clears throat> running toward the, you know, no one's going to stop them. And then, like, somebody, you know, something happens, he gets confused and starts running <laughs> the opposite direction and scores a touchdown for the other team. Well, you know, you know what has happened and actually is very similar to this that people will, will often, if they like really like, r- like break away from the pack, they catch a pass and there's nobody around them for 20 yards, they'll like, like, not dance into the end zone or high step, you know, like just make a showboating thing of it, right? Which which is normally fine, but there was one guy who did that once, and and somebody actually caught up to him and knocked the ball loose. So he, what, he wasn't in the it. end zone yet, and he just no, he was like high step and thinking there was nobody around him, and he didn't hear the guy flying up behind him, and he yeah. knocked the ball loose, hit him anyway, fucking blew so, it, and lost possession. It, yeah, it just That's May, Andrew Yang, May May tenth, uh, mm-hmm. as Israel mm-hmm. was was you know carpet bombing. 
Gaza, uh, blowing up the headquarters of the Associated Press in Gaza, Al Jazeera, um, bombing hospitals, saying, "Well, Hamas was using them for a you know a break room." <laughs> right. So, right. Uh, Andrew Yang uh, tweeted out, "I'm standing with the people of Israel who are coming under bombardment attacks." And I condemn the Hamas terrorists. The people of NYC will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down terrorism and persevere. Turns which, out they won't. <laughs> uh, which isn't just like they won't which isn't just answer. wrong, but it's just it's like you know, like sure, there's a lot of Jewish voters in New York City, um, but to to say that he's speaking on their behalf and says that we'll always. Staying with Israel uh, because they're the victim in this whole thing. Right. Like that's just like I don't know. Greatly overestimates if he's the on the spectrum because he has a problem with this, where he just says exactly what he really means and then struggles with it. You know, like saying that we need, you know, we can't get back to making money in, in New York City until we, you know, get all the homeless people off the street. Right. Right, right. No, he basically just endorsed a full-throated, like, Rudy Giuliani 2.0 strategy of just, you know, disappear right. all the homeless people so right. that, you know, his, his people tweet from Iowa that, can go to Times Square and buy a fucking $50 t-shirt. Like, yeah, that's, it, and it wasn't even a tweet, actually. It was it was an actual statement. He was talking about, <clears> you know, the he wants, like, this three-strikes-long homeless people where, regardless of what their situation is or what they're going through, like, it's, you know, if you get the police called on you three times and you're living on the street, you automatically go to jail. That's that's what he says. And he said, well, you know, of course, homeless people have rights. But you know who else has rights? We do. Like, when did homeless people stop becoming people? Like, when are he's, like, he's a fucking psychopath. Like, he, that's, he's just, just it, not even like subtle othering. That's right. just like blatant othering. Like, you know, who, you know, who matters is we us, not those other creepy, you know, people that piss behind a fucking dumpster. Right. They're dirty uh, and they smell, you know, like, in Hell's Kitchen. It, it's, you know, we're we're it's. Us versus them, and the them is the pores, and us, the we, are the homeowners associations. and, right, and the, the crypto bros <laughs> that, that the, fuel my campaign. Right, the condo association who doesn't like to look at people who are you know poorer than they are. Um, and, and just to completely embrace that, like just the worst landlording mentality, um, when it, you know, it doesn't even just look bad, it's who he really is it's abhorrent and you know all of his techie bro stuff just kind of fell away after that and you know even even his his you know thousand dollar basic income stuff he threw that away too so he didn't even have that (laughs) right right yeah no it, it, it was a real fucking just spectacular implosion um but you know unfortunately the guy that was uh picked as the democratic nominee is eric adams who we've talked about before uh former fucking cop former nypd officer one of the most corrupt and insane police departments in the country um you know right up there <laughs> i would say right on right behind like the the chicago police department and the lapd for like so, yeah, biggest he's, psychopath he's a landlord too and it's he's like a, he's a cop a landlord doesn't live in new york lives in new jersey had that whole fucking hilarious press tour where he like brought the press to his new york home quote unquote with with his very normal new york home which had a bed in the middle of the floor of this room with nothing else in it except a bunch of his son's sneakers um and a fridge that had a bunch of meat in it even though he's a vegan um totally is his home and not his son's home um he's he's vegan like cory booker's vegan where it's not really true 
So somebody um, did some some great photoshopping of like all the New York mayor candidates, uh, like press mailers, you know, right, or, or campaign mailers, and one for Yang. I love it. I'll, I'll read a couple of them here. Uh, it's you know, of course, it looks like a thing you get in the mail. It's Andrew Yang's smiling face, and it says Seattle's a special city, unless this is Boston, and that's why you don't mess with Texas. Yang <laughs> for wherever. <laughs> And then the next one was for Eric Adams, and uh, it's like more of a, like a testimonial, and it's like, I was beaten by cops. Now you can be, too. New York is full of underserved, unbeaten communities. I'll bring the bruised knuckles to all of them. <laughs> then it's like, at the bottom it says, public safety matters. Every stomach deserves a fist. <laughs> yeah. And see, the next one here is for, um, if it'll load, come on. Uh, it starts off, ready to settle, actual politician, lives here, accusation free, eaten zero interns, not a cop. <laughs> Sani- That's from Maya Wiley, I believe, right? Sanitation or something, and likely other stuff. Garcia for New York oh, City Mayor. <laughs> and then the last one, I don't even know who this guy is, but his na- name's Curtis Slilwa. Right, and he's mm-hmm. wearing what looks like a beret, but he looks like he's like m- like got some kind of Scottish heritage, and like maybe if the camera panned down, he's wearing a kilt or something. And it says, "The voices whisper the truth. We must <laughs> heed them." Marxist Democrat voles want the light inside your teeth. I deny them. <laughs> I shield us from the untrump hiding inside every Negro. Negro. <laughs> I, I hear the voices. I heed the voices. I am the voices. Vote for me. Curtis Willow for New York City Mayor. <laughs> I'm going to assume that that's the Republican candidate running. <laughs> I have no idea. I have um, no idea who these people are. It, it's what, just, what, it's like, Giuliani's why? is son running? Or he's running for governor, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, like, I've never seen a worse crop of mayoral candidates. Um, the Onion ran a headline yesterday. Uh, the Onion, de Blasio. Well, well, well. Not so easy to find a mayor that doesn't suck shit now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That was the headline. <laughs> oh man! And honestly, like I've I've been a big critic of Blasio, but like compared to everybody else running, I'm like, oh you no, know, it's right. Could you, could you just have somebody who's not a fucking cop or a landlord or a fucking uh, hyperloop lunatic who wants to purge the city of homeless? Right, or like Diana Morales, who we thought was a decent candidate, but turns out she's a shit lib who was like super anti Bernie during the primaries and then fired all of her staff when they tried to unionize. So. Just, just like every other modern, quote-unquote, progressive candidate that pops their fucking head up uh, turns out to be a total fraud and disappointment. Um, so, yeah, just just shit sandwich across the board. Right. No, but hey, nobody but worth hey we got Buffalo now. <laughs> right, right. Now we're, yeah, we're, we're slowly I'm, I'm taking sure the state we back. I'm sure Buffalo will completely buck the trend of perpetual disappointment that it's been for the last, uh, I don't know, 150 years. Um, <laughs> hey, they I, got a I, decent I, football team all of a sudden. I'm oh, sure really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where did, the they, where did they buy that from? What country did they import <laughs> those players from? So if you ever if you've never been to Buffalo and you want to see what Buffalo looks like, I highly recommend Vincent Gallo's film Buffalo 66, because you will see it in all of its post-industrial melting snow slush, uh, rusted out hulks of cars left on the side of the sidewalk glory. It's Pittsburgh, um, but like slightly more hickish. If you could kind of picture that, like it's yeah, like imagine hickish. imagine Pittsburgh without like 
coffee shops or <laughs> art galleries. Right. You know. They 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 do do this really funny thing. Um, just just to, uh, and not to really shit talk of the residents of Buffalo, but like they're they're famous for uh, you know because again it's it's one of these weird NFL markets where it's not a big major city so you really have like a very close-knit community of like psycho fans the same in like green bay wisconsin which is a fucking you know it's it's a town built around this football stadium basically there's nothing else you know it's not a big city it's oh it's so tiny the first time i saw green bay i was like this is it's like looking at a town a tiny town from the 1950s where nothing has changed even the factories there look have like corrugated uh, like corrugated siding on them, like, like rusted. It's, <laughs> corrugated. Yeah, so, but they're still functional. You know, it's right, like driving right. through Gary, Indiana, but more lush. Uh, right, but so they're so they're they're known to be like with some of the craziest fans in in football, and they they they, they have a big pregame ritual of during tailgating. They all just like put each other through tables, like 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 pro wrestling style. They literally bring folding tables and just like jump off of like the roofs of RVs or throw each other off of things through these tables. So they're, you know, that that's the kind of uh, recreational activity that you get when you go to Buffalo is just like, oh my god, <laughs> you want to be put through a table and possibly break your neck on the concrete so uh, fucking parking I, lot. I used to work in a bar a long time ago, and you know when you go to a big city, how there are you know sport fans expatriates you know right there's like expats a, a packers bar in new york right. and like right, right 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 and sometimes there's more than one but right. uh, so i worked at the bar where every fan of uh of the buffalo uh, buffalo bills would come to watch their team lose <laughs> right. and i i at the time i worked in the kitchen so i couldn't see them but i could always hear them Right. And it's amazing. I realize it's amazing the things you can get away with doing and saying in a bar if it's in response to <laughs> sports that in any other context would get you 86 from the bar forever. Right. right. Um, and and it's just every time it was like, oh, hey, we got the Buffalo Bills people here tonight. I'm like, OK, well, it's going to be disappointed yet again. And every time it was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like just hearing dozens of people all screaming that in unison <laughs> right, every right. fucking week. Yeah, yeah, great, great team. Right, right, and and they're they're famous as a team for um, making it to the Super Bowl like four times in the '90s, but always losing. Like, like you ever see uh, the first Ace Ventura movie uh, with Jim Carrey? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like that whole like storyline of like the the missed kick is kind of based on the Buffalo Bills. Like that they're just perpetually known as like the team that almost oh, made well, it. That's, and just that's fucking... a big part of the plot of Buffalo '66. So oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, but but it's it's like a sad uh, just soul crushing version of it rather than like a humorous version like right. Ace Ventura would be. Um, transphobic version like Ace Ventura. Oh yeah, so so much problem. Last time we ever saw Sean Young in a movie too that I know of. Yeah, I can think of. <laughs> but um Fucking yeah. Crazy. Um Buffalo. yeah, so um yeah, Buffalo. What a shithole. Uh, I'm sorry to any of our listeners from Buffalo, by the way. We love you. You're you're awesome. It's just, you know, you you know. I mean you live there, you know. Um great wings, great sauce, really good sauce. Um but <laughs> on your way out of the country to Canada to go somewhere better, get some right. of those Buffalo wings. <laughs> right. Um uh, so yeah, we're <laughs> I'm, t- I'm totally lost in my notes now. Uh, okay, yeah, socialist terrorism ideology. Um, you know, while we're talking about the Biden administration, we should talk briefly about Kamala, uh, our, our favorite vice president. Oh, real quick before you oh, jump yeah, to yeah. her, um, there it wasn't just <clears throat> this uh, classification of the Biden administration and the FBI. 
um, for this, these uh, anarchist socialist uh, DVEs. It was also somebody, I think it was The Intercept broke this yesterday, that there is a training manual question for the Navy, for uh, Navy sergeant-at-arms, masters of arms, like basically military police within the Navy. And it's a question about political ideology, but it, it lumps in anarchist socialists and neo-Nazis as all being terrorist ideologies. And the question is like basically saying, you know, fill in the blank, and what kind of ideologies are these groups? And it, it comes down to political ideology. But it references them all as being different forms of terrorist ideologies. Right. The, the actual question from the train guide is, uh, anarchists, socialists, and neo-Nazis represent which terrorist ideological category? And since we have done our homework, we know the answer is domestic violent extremists based on that memo from the uh, Biden administration. Right. So we, we could pass this uh, this training guide for the U.S. military. Um, but Well, it, and it makes me wonder, because like the, 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 the FBI thing, that's like a department-wide classification. This... This could be just like one, you know, classroom teacher's question he came up with. So it may not be as widespread, but, you know, again, like we don't, the, the entire course isn't presented. It's just this one question on a quiz, right? right, right. But it's still, it's still like, you know, <clears throat> reflective of our, <laughs> you know, like you can, you can basically say that, you know, socialism, terrorism, you know, bad, anarchists are bad. But then if you go too far with it, like the Space Force commander, and say that, you know, Marxists have infiltrated the military, then you're a fucking kook. And they have to kind of, they got to <laughs> well, like, that's, okay, that's you just a public far. embarrassment for them. That's the only reason they got rid of him. It was just too, yeah, like you said, it was too fucking kooky and too public. Um, they all, they all kind of believe that shit. It's just because they're all fucking right wing lunatics. But uh, when, once you, once you actually put it out on Front Street, it looks. Uh, bad. Looks like you you have a whole uh, division of unstable people with uh, heavy munitions, <laughs> and that that would be really dangerous, wouldn't it? Um, well, what's so hilarious to me is, of course, you know, like what this guy's idea of what Marxism is is just like he had to attend too many diversity training seminars, and he got right. fucking. He's like, I don't need this. There's nothing, none of this critical race theory crap in outer space. Uh, and, and that's like what he really got mad about. It, it <laughs> right, was nothing, right. nothing even remotely related to anything Marx would have said, other than you know potentially calling for an end to slavery. Which you know, in this guy's mind, he's like, you know what? We're gonna need some replicants in space. We're gonna need some space <laughs> slaves. Okay, so get your fucking Marxism out of my space force. Right, right. So yeah. <clears throat> Uh, speaking of Kamala Harris, though, I do want to mention uh, the story because, you know, we talked uh, last week about um, or maybe even the week before about Kamala's baffling performance uh, on her trip of uh, Latin America uh, that even the Biden administration threw her under the bus for. Um, and, you know, read into that what you will. But uh, on uh, the 20th. The DCCC tweeted this out, uh, and it got ratioed into oblivion. So let me share this tweet. Um, every minute, 20 people uh, leave everything behind to escape war and persecution. We cannot and will not turn our backs on them. Hashtag World Refugee Day. Which, um, you know, seems to kind of uh, contradict uh, what Kamala Harris was saying on her fucking uh, PR tour in Latin America just like four, three, four days prior, uh, you know, where she told them, do not come. Like, you know, hey, people fleeing uh, all of this this horrific um, violence that we've unleashed on you because of our uh, meddling in all of your country's uh, governments, uh, don't come here. Like, you know, 
tough shit. Like, go see see what it's like <laughs> in Mexico. You know, like, go, you know. She's been doing a lot of that, and it's it's very easy to catch her because, you know, she's she only was running for president <clears throat> a handful of months ago, right? <laughs> and so she, this is, this is um, you know, they're trying to get this Voting Rights Act thing passed, um, which, of course, they can't do because they want to keep the filibuster, which, you know, even Rachel Maddow was like, you really don't need the filibuster. Like you got to get something done. I can't. I can't make you look good if you won't do. Get you right, know. Get right. this one fucking thing done. Um, so even even on MSNBC, they're like, Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema, kind of a problem for the party right now, but like not directly attacking them. But uh, so Kamala Harris was talking about trying to get this thing passed, uh, which of course isn't going to happen. Uh, she tweeted out, "Throughout our nation's history, many have fought and even died." to ensure that all eligible Americans have their, vo- uh, have their vote counted. Today, that hard-won progress is under assault. <laughs> so the account waiting on Biden tweeted out, eligible is doing a lot of work here. As, <laughs> right. <laughs> as San Francisco District Attorney Kamala increased the felony con- conviction rate from 52% to 67% in just three years, allowing Jim Crow felony disenfranchisement to take voting rights away from many disproportionately poor and black citizens. I mean, I don't know how many poor black people are left in San Francisco, but like, I'm sure that it was. Thanks you to know. Nancy Pelosi and and all of the the shit lib governors, uh, not too many, but yes, it, you know, the the few that were left, she made sure to 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 take them off the streets. Hey, you know, you want public housing? I got a prison. We can we can put them in there, right? That's, right. That's we're killing two birds with one stone. Um. So yeah, no, she's the worst. I, I even you know over the the week and a half I was back home. You know, I was, I was, you know, trial ballooning some of this stuff. Like, what does mom think at this point? <laughs> right. What does she really? And I, I mentioned a couple of these things, and she just would kind of like shake her head. She's like, "Yeah, I just, I the things she says now, I just, I can't, I can't with her." So I was like, "I'll still right. vote for her next All election, right. but I, uh, I just can't." I mean, you know, and and of course, my um, my step sister-in-law was like oh so you know who who would you have you know asking my mother who would you have voted for and i'm just like oh god here it comes <laughs> and of course she said warren of course she said oh, warren you right. know and I, i'm just kind of like you know rubbing my temples like just like oh don't say anything don't just say let it anything. go just let it go right right <laughs> and uh, and i was of course then asked you know what, what about you and, and you know and i said uh, you know, Bernie. Bernie was was the guy, but Bernie was the compromise. You know, and that right. that's I realize that statement doesn't mean anything to people that don't follow politics all right. the time, um, because like compromise of what? Like who else was there? Like no, no, no. <laughs> right. like co- right. the, the compromise in lieu of rioting. And thank right. God in lieu we of did riot. Politicians' heads off. Like that <laughs> right, seems like, you know. right. He's the stopgap. But if we don't get him, we're going to burn this fucker down. And you know, thank God we did. Although this summer, like. Uh, very, we could, we very could use so far. we could use a little bit of last year's energy. I don't know. Well, I'm sure you know. I'm sure the cops are going to kill a black guy in very public fashion, and it's going to be caught on video. And and you know, that, it, unfortunately, it takes that to actually energize the populace into doing something. You know and then, that that video of that uh, Adam Toledo hands up oh, getting God. shot in the chest. Yeah. You know, it it's there's a lot of people that kind of wanted to say this but didn't <clears throat> say it or alluded to it on Twitter but they basically said the only reason that that didn't kick off riots was because he was a Latino teenager and by and large that the community here being more of a, a migrant population 
wouldn't want to have looting and riots reflect negatively on 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 them. So it was much more of like a, like no, we just don't we're not we don't respond that way, right? Yeah. Now you still see posters and and signs and everywhere. So it's not as though people didn't care. Right. You know, like I can look out my window right now and half the windows in the courtyard of my apartment building have something about Adam Toledo. This this Teenage right. Yeah, the other out. half is this this maniac outside honking his horn incessantly. I assume. Oh yeah, can you hear that? That's that's <laughs> lovely. That's it's no, it's good. It's a nice little. It's ambiance. good to be back in Chicago. I had too much time, <laughs> you know, uh, focused in getting things done without nonstop car horns and ambulances right. and people right. ki- teenagers revving their engine to right. 160 decibels. I know, you, look, man, you should talk the suburbs, but I, I you know, uh, it, it's nice to hear like nature when I open my window and not. Burr, burr. Yeah, fucking garbage trucks going by. <laughs> fucking Nietzsche, man. Uh, yeah, so yeah, back in back in the shy, um, and that's not to say that like, oh, well, that that just means that black people are more <clears throat> lawless and prone to looting, uh, and you want to just burn everything down. But I mean, you know, there's a little bit more precedent, at least in in our U.S. history, of why one community might have a little bit more of a axe to grind than another right but that that was that was a sentiment i saw a lot here was you know like they're the 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 mayor and the police are lucky they're lucky that you know the community around this kid who was killed were going to not burn it all down like last summer because if anything it was just as i mean it was just as awful but it's like literally child just a child right with his hands up like, with his was, hands up it was one of the most infuriating clips i think i've ever seen of that sort of thing and we've seen and uh, and, the, and the mayor lying about it the mayor lying about right. it for, for over a month to get people all worked up about it you know make this all about uh you know our uh, parents and letting their kids out late at night and everything and then when they finally show it kids unarmed Right, you know. right. The bill, the bill, co- the where the fathers is what you basically did for for a exactly, few months. exactly. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find the people responsible for, for putting a gun in that kid's hands. It's like uh, right. didn't have a gun in his hands when he killed him. So that was a fucking lie. <sighs> Fuck. Well, speaking of people who were complete fucking uh, disappointments to the, the 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 minority group they belong to, uh, Tom Perez is in the news again because. Uh, I he, thought you were going to say AOC. <laughs> no. either, either way. No, either no, way. yeah. just uh, That could apply to a lot of politicians, unfortunately, um, because the only color that matters in Washington is green, uh, and that's all they fucking care about. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, Tom Perez, um, our favorite punching bag, is back in the news because he apparently is running for governor of Maryland. Um, and just, you know... I, Again, and he'll probably fucking win, knowing the way that Maryland typically votes for for, for their, uh, you know, the, for the governor and for their higher elected officials. But um, it, it, it's it's kind of fucking hilarious because he's just like the least charismatic, entertaining, engaging human being ever conceived. Uh, I watched his his um, his campaign ad, and I won't torture the audience with it because it's like five minutes long and it's mostly him talking. But um, it, the funniest thing from it, and I don't know how far you made it into the video, but he, so, you know, he's telling his life story about his father dying and li- living in the same house in Maryland for 20 years. And then his, his daughters are on there. And like, if I was producing a political ad, and I've produced a few political ads, um, 
typically the best way to get a good response out of somebody, especially when it's like a life story type of thing like this, is you like interview them as a producer. You're like, so tell me what you know your father meant to you growing up. Like, what was it like growing up with a father who was working in politics? And you know how was and like. It, that clearly didn't happen here because it was very clear that both him and his daughters were reading off of cue cards like during this thing, like where they're supposed to be. T- like, I've never seen a situation where you couldn't have one of your kids be like, like, like just to explain like, oh, yeah, well, you know, he was, you know, he, he, he had a really busy job, but he always made it a point to make it to all my basketball game. Her daughter, his daughter was like, well, he always had a really busy, j-, like clearly like reading and acting. And I'm like his kids must fucking hate him because like you couldn't even get like a legit honest fucking soundbite out of out of his kids and his family for this fucking like it's just this it's just a microcosm of of tom everything about him is fake and manufactured and synthetic and you know if you want to be uh in the in the perez family you there's there's a rule and it's when you turn 10 years old we take you to the doctor for your lobotomy <laughs> right that's, that's how this family works i love that he leads with the garbage truck you know because it's like no, nothing against sanitation workers obviously but that that's like the opening shot and they like hold on like multiple different shots of a garbage truck for like the first 30 seconds of the commercial right. and it because he was a garbage <laughs> man when he was like 16 years old for 10 seconds which like, like yeah, that's like, just you know. you know you could mention that or have a you know in the middle somewhere but when you open with that you you're you're gonna remember that garbage truck the whole rest of the commercial <laughs> right right and right, it is very fitting that you know the rest of the commercial is literally garbage um you know and it's just it's like how they show him don't they show him like you know like holding on to the side of the garbage truck and he like hops off of it or something right well that was his big regular guy shot oh yeah it's just like <laughs> all aboard the garbage truck express what Woo! do you think of <laughs> It's, it's like that. It's like, to paraphrase coming to America. When you think of Tom Perez, think of garbage. You know that's that's basically the the message of his campaign and should be the and, slogan. And how much do you think he spent on all those fucking garbage shots? Those action shots of the garbage. Oh yeah, truck it's not cheap to rent out that's, a garbage that's, truck. That's, for... the, that's the seven hundred whale shot for the seven hundred dollar <laughs> whale shot right there for the guy you worked on because he oh, had to have a fucking God. stock photo of had a whale have breaching. The, 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 the one point <laughs> six seconds, and I remember because I cut it together of the whale <laughs> breaching the fucking. Ocean, um, yeah, man, fuck, um, yeah. So that'll happens, be a trade. What happens when you have a candidate who is convinced that like the imagery of the commercial, like they, they need to direct their own commercial, right? Right, right. and like you they, they hire a campaign his... manager that like lets them do that and doesn't you know go okay, you know what? We have a team well, of people for that. that's bilking them for the fucking for their fees. Like they don't give a fuck. They're like the city. It's not going to win. Like let's just no. let's get as many <laughs> as much money as we can. Let, out let, let's print off some fucking t-shirts so Tom Perez can put them on over top of his you know button up office shirt because <laughs> that's that's just well, a perennial look for him. You got to cover up the bird shit somehow. So you know that's. <laughs> <laughs> Only man to ever be shit on by a bird while 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 doing political outreach, uh, Tom Perez. Uh, but yeah, I, multiple times by the way. But but no. So um, yeah, that that that's that's a real uh, that'll be a real fucking winner. So we'll, we'll we'll keep people updated on that as as it gets going. But um, a couple of brief things we want to touch on before we get out of here. Um, one interesting thing that's going on right now, the Intercept was reporting on, is apparently. Uh, the Biden administration is signaling support for bailing out the liquid national ga- a natural gas industry because they're uh, apparently hemorrhaging money right now. Um, and, you know, they've 
talked about, uh, you know, basically funding all of this bullshit carbon capture technology that the the LNG uh, companies are, are trying to funnel their money in. And, you know, I had heard for years, like, liquid natural gas is a myth. You know, it's not really feasible. And, like, I, I really dug into, like, the science of it and what it actually entails. And it seems like it's not that it's an impossible uh the science behind it isn't impossible but number one the only people that are funding research and funding actual uh carbon capture plants right now are the oil and gas industry which was led me like to think like "Eh, gee i wonder why that's a weird thing that you wouldn't just have like green energy advocates saying like let's do something with this uh you know this carbon capture if it seems to actually work but Turns out it doesn't really work, but basically what they do is, um, let me say, I had a, you know, I lost it. But basically what they do uh, is they inject carbon into, um, into, into, into the, into the rocks, basically into found into soil. Um, And what it does is it actually makes oil easier to extract. It, 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 uh, it, it helps the process of, uh, oil extraction and then the carbon will then stay in in rocks and sediment um which it just does naturally anyway it'll stay and that the whole idea is like capturing the carbon in rocks but they're using it these oil and gas companies to extract more oil more easily so to them it's not even like hey it, let's do this to right. save the planet it's, it's, it's like it's feeding animal byproduct to the chickens before you right. kill them it's just right. another way we can use the, the, the you know a thing that's bad for the environment to perpetuate the industry that's bad for the environment <laughs> right right and you know the, the the carbon capture the carbon the actual part of it where they capture the carbon isn't from the drilling process and it's certainly not from when they burn you know at the the liquid natural gas at the end point, you know, to, to, you know, heat your home or whatever. Right. It's only during the liquefaction process, because if you know how oil and petroleum and every, you know, petroleum product is refined, you get the different products by burning the crude, right? And you right. burn it at different temperatures and, it, you know, you get stratified sediment and you burn it, you know, different places. So the, the whole thing is like, you know, from, from digging it out of the ground, you have a huge release of carbon, when you refine it, you have a huge release of carbon. When you finally burn the end product, you have a huge release of carbon. And this would only capture carbon during the liquefaction process. So even like right. just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of carbon would I be think captured. Twenty percent like of the right. total carbon produced, I read. And then it just—it's more energy intensive to capture that carbon, right? Right. Because well, so you, you have to build a whole fucking plant more. to do that, right? And again, this is all technology they want to invest in to greenwash to look good. When right. in fact. If they really wanted to capture carbon, uh, they would fucking plant trillions of trees because everyone knows the best carbon capture technology is a goddamn plant that is constantly absorbing CO2 or the ocean. The only problem is the ocean can't absorb any more CO2 because it's acidifying because it's so has absorbed so much excess CO2. Yeah. So Joe Biden wants to keep this industry alive. It's dying. The U.S. energy industry is hemorrhaging money because they can't sell their product abroad because it's not as clean as other countries want to buy, uh, and they can get it cheaper from countries like uh, Qatar, right? So to to keep this dying industry, the free market is is killing liquid LNG uh, in the U.S. To keep that dying industry alive, Joe Biden wants to subsidize it. Right, right, right. It's it's just totally. Um, and by the way, those I, I you know of the of the. Th- I think it was 13 or 16 operating um, carbon capture plants 
in the U.S., all of them are, like you said, attached to to uh, fossil fuel like uh, facilities. Like so, they they literally rather than using a smokestack to to exhaust out the the um, the byproduct, they'll they'll capture some of it and basically inject it into the soil to make extracting more fossil fuels easier. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about the natural gas industry. Uh, the fact that they they release a tremendous amount of methane in the process of extraction uh, of fracking, you know, the the natural gas, methane's 30 times more potent than CO2. So they're literally using, they're capturing this carbon that's made in in the liquefaction process in order to help them better extract um, the the natural gas and at the same time uh, excreting all of this fucking methane, which is 30 times more potent than CO2 in the atmosphere. So... It's just it's just a total fucking myth. There's there's no such carbon capture is not a solution. It's you know no, it sounds total good, bullshit. Though. It, it sounds, sounds great. Good. Yeah, sure. It it sounds like clean coal. Right. You know, it, it sounds like oh, all those um, plants are coal plants. By the way, all thirteen yeah. of them are coal are run by coal. So they're not even they're not even fucking run on solar wind energy. They're all plants that are run on coal. So they have to use more coal and then fucking like capture that twenty percent of the byproduct. So we're probably in the process of car- capturing carbon. Uh, it's putting even more carbon into the atmosphere just to say that we're capturing carbon. That's right. Well, it's it's like electric cars where the you know the the entire lifetime of the vehicle is creating more carbon because the manufacturing process is so much more uh, carbon intense. Right. And then on top of that, you're making the cars about two to three thousand pounds heavier with these batteries. It's just it's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Um. Do you have that uh, also insane clip of AOC uh, oh, yeah. let's, from this let's week? Let's do that before we get out of here. So, yeah, yeah we have this one last um, story to talk about because AOC, you know, we haven't talked about her much lately, but um, she has been keeping herself out of the news. And I think kind of one of her answers in this um, roundtable from Morning Joe will kind of give you uh, some insight as to why she's been keeping herself out of the news so let's play this clip and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about uh, the, the Democratic Party. And over the past um, three or four months, we've talked a lot about Joe Manchin. We've talked a lot about getting to 50 votes. We've talked a lot about uh, whether it's possible to get to 60 votes. We've talked about the filibuster. I have noticed that uh, you and uh, bernie and let's just say some 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 uh, of the the more high pride profile progressive leaders that you all have have uh, held your tongue far more than, than when, when i was in congress and i was on the other side you know we would we would complain every three minutes about it doesn't cut enough we're not getting close enough to balancing the budget and i'm just a, 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 I've, I've been curious. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you, first of all, have you done it? Because we could never do it. Uh, is there is there more of a plan to, to let the moderates work through this, let them try to get to where they go, and then we work behind the scenes and, yeah. and meet them well, behind think, the scenes? Um, I do think that there has been a large amount of behind the scenes work. You know, for example, in the American Rescue Plan moderates there were parts of uh, there were some moderates in, on the senate side that wanted to cut stimulus checks mm-hmm. that they wanted to cut the child tax credit 
which are checks that are hitting people's, you know, mailboxes right now. Right. And so we were using a lot of our leverage mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, Manchin's got some of these votes in the Senate and... We've got progressives holding that margin in the House. And so, uh, you know, not all of these fights are all public, but I also think that we've got a lot of work ahead of us, too. And so um, we've got appropriations season coming up, funding and critical agencies that progressives want deep reform in. We've got the defense budget coming up. Uh, We've we've got, um, you know, DHS coming up. We've got a lot of these different big bills that have from agencies where there have been lots of concerns. And so I think we're pacing ourselves right now because progressives do want to bring down the military budget. We want a $15 minimum wage. We want to make sure that we expand Medicare and that we lower, at bare minimum, lower the age. I would like Medicare for all. But let's put that in perspective. So... They, you know they've been they've been they've been just laying low. They've been keeping their powder dry because they have uh, a lot of these big fights coming up. None of which will actually leverage any of their voting block power for. But you know they're they're fights that are coming up that they'll they'll hem and haw over on I mean, Twitter. She sounds tired. I I don't blame her for that. Um, you know it's it's good that she'll stay say, still say the words Medicare for all uh, to her credit. So uh, the Guardian had a good piece here, and I've got just a few paragraphs from it that I I think is pretty fair. Um, of of, a, of an assessment here, and um, it's it starts off, and the, the first the first paragraph makes you really mad um, <laughs> because you realize like what we could have had in the last mm-hmm. six months. Um, so the the name of the article is Squad Goals. I like that. Squad Goals. Ocasio Cortez warns Biden patience is wearing thin. So she's not she's not warning that Biden's patience is wearing thin. It's it's her patience with Biden is wearing thin. And she sounds like it. I mean, you can tell that she's really fucking annoyed in that clip. You know, like she she's wants to do they want to do the things that we keep telling them they can do, but they have this internal pressure from everyone saying, "No, it's not your turn yet. You've got to be around for 40 years before you can do anything." So it starts out here uh uh, Democrats' narrow majority in the House should, in theory, give the squad more leverage over party leadership than ever. They threatened to torpedo a, a $2 billion spending bill to upgrade U.S. capital security in the wake of this 6 January or January 6 insurrection over concerns about more money going to police. Eventually, three voted no, three voted present, and one voted yes. The bill passed by a single vote. So, you know, we've said this a million times. If Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema know that they're the deciding vote on shit and they will fucking use it to shut down the entire bill on anything, on any given thing, you know, they could fucking, they could have forced a vote on so many things. So, right. I, you know, I just, I, I, I've, and it, maybe it's because I was, I, I got too close to the sun when I, when I did work on a congressional campaign. I just have no fucking stomach anymore for the charade of, of, of Congress and the charade of like, well, we really want to do something. But, you know, if it just wasn't for that dastardly Joe Manchin twirling his snidely whiplash mustache, we could have done it. Like, it's all fucking bullshit. Like, they don't want to do anything. They just want to fuck. They just want to advance their career. I, I just I, I'm sure deep down when she got into politics, like AOC wasn't a bad person and she wanted to do things. But I think they've all just made a calculation that, like, yeah, you know, this job's pretty nice. Get paid, you know, 160k a year. Have some some political clout. Have some clout. People respect me. I get to go on, 
you know, TV shows. I'll, like, I'll, I'll get to give some college speaking gigs. Like, this is a pretty good gig. Like, why would I waste my... Why would I rock the boat, you know? Uh, why would I really put my fucking neck on the line um, if it's going to negatively affect my career prospects? And the reason that you see, like, the moderate block of the Democrats, you know, I don't use that term uh, loosely because they're all fucking moderates or conservatives, um, but the moderates in Congress, the Freedom Caucus, or the... Um, well, not the frame card, the uh, problem solvers caucus will constantly leverage their power as a voting block is because they know that at the end of the day, that's what the fucking party actually wants them to do anyway. Like Nancy Pelosi doesn't give a fuck if the more right wing members of the Democratic, uh, you know, the Democratic uh, caucus in the House uh, tries to get her to do more right wing shit because at the end of the day, that's really all she cares about anyway. Like she just cares about keeping the people that fund her fucking Napa Valley lifestyle happy. Isn't it fucking um, wild that within the Democratic Party, there's a caucus called the Democratic Caucus, and it's all the fucking right-wingers, and it's most of the party? Right, right. It, it, it just, like... Well, and the same with the Progressive Caucus. <laughs> like, the Progressive Caucus is full of mostly, you know, center-right fucking goons, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they, you know, at some point, the idea was to have, like, you know, just the... the, the you know the socialists in there but there fucking aren't any so you know like god forbid they start a socialist caucus they'd be they'd be the the, the terrorist caucus in the fucking house. I, I but, still remember i still remember when bill maher had a shred of integrity left in him and it was the summer before occupy happened and he said you know what democratic party needs their own tea party we need just a bunch of batshit crazy you know commies that'll just run in there and start burning down the, the you know like he basically described like the the January 6th insurrection but right you know from a left wing right. thing and then of course when occupy happened he just <clears throat> did nothing but you know thumbed his nose at it he went down to the to the park and was just like drum circles and incense this is dumb this is stupid right like, really aren't you the guy who's always talking about how you're a fucking cool old guy who smokes pot bill Maher? right like no you're just a fucking a has been so the article uh, quotes a guy here named uh, Dave Handy, a uh, New York-based political activist and consultant who worked on Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign, said, We have a very slim majority in Congress. The squad now wield more power than, uh, than they're giving themselves credit for. I don't know why they're ignorant of their bargaining position uh, and the hand that they're holding. Everybody else at the table seems to be aware of this. Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema. And the Senate are very aware of the cards that they're holding. The squad is completely aloof. I'm not even sure they know that they're playing poker. They might think they're playing checkers. <laughs> uh, and it goes on. Haiti argues that the squad should pressure Biden and other Democratic leaders much harder. Quote, I don't think they're wielding as much influence as they could be. The squad was elected to be rabble-rousers. They are there to agitate. Theirs is the role of a reformer in Congress. And in my estimation... In this current Congress, they have not been doing that. So, again, that's from The Guardian. I just, you know, I mean, part of me wants to think that, but part of me is just like, they don't want to do that. Like, they, nobody, I don't know. I Like, again, I don't, I just feel like that, you know, I just feel like nobody fucking, you know, Joe Manch, the, that, that fucking congressional aide came out and said, you know, what we all knew already was that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema represent, like, 50% of the Senate Democrats. Like, they all would be that if, if Joe Manchin suddenly got primaried and replaced by an AOC type Democrat and same with Kirsten Cinema, 
they would fucking Sheldon Whitehouse or, or Mark Warner or somebody else would become the new Joe Manchin. Like they don't want to get anything done and they will elect somebody who it will be, you know, unofficially elect somebody who will be most politically beneficial to, to be the right wing, you know, shit heel of the caucus that they can, they, they can gnash their teeth at and say, Oh, we could have, we could have done voting rights, this milk toast voting rights bill that we want to pass. If it weren't for that dastardly Joe Manchin, like, you know, it's just, they don't want to do anything. They want to keep, rolling back everything imaginable to the point where we're just completely in a fucking feudal state where a bunch of corporations control every fucking waking moment of our lives and they'll just they'll they'll just keep throwing Joe Manchin types at us ad infinitum until they're like yeah well you know we really did want to restore voting rights to uh, American citizens but if it wasn't for that damn you know Jeff Manchin Joe Manchin's you know <laughs> twin brother son or whatever you know <laughs> we would have done it uh, like it's all bullshit I just I, I really I, I know I'm being super cynical but I just have a really hard time not thinking that it's all a fucking charade and they all want to just if you didn't fucking... know it was all a charade by 2008. I don't know what to tell you. I keep hoping they're gonna bring they're gonna bring Droopy Dog out of retirement because I feel like uh, what's oh. his name Joe Joe the Lieberman. other Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman hasn't we haven't seen the end of him. He's gonna come oh. back. He's some he's point. lurking somewhere in, in 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 my home state, my current home state. I'm gonna find him and they take the shit. Out literally, <laughs> we're we're like, ooh, you know what? Al Gore is a little too charismatic. How can we? water down this ticket so Al Gore is not this crazy <laughs> wild life of the party candidate. Oh man, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then they tried out having Al Gore like like remember at the at the convention they had Al Gore like make out with his wife like cuz it was a whole thing oh, about how cuz George Bush would always like be grabbing his wife's ass on like it was it was just a point of like you could tell it was clearly like oh. consultants being like well don't let him get that on you people are going to think you're 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 stiff you got to you got to really show how affectionate you are to look so they had this real weird thing where they basically were like trying to prove how much they they like fucked each other like fucked their wives like so they were just back and forth it was oh god it's the two least fucking well you know i can't call george bush an uncharismatic person (laughs) that that would be an an, an incorrect characterization but for al gore for sure one of the most one of the least charismatic human beings ever uh foisted onto us but yeah yeah i i I just you know I, i have a hard time uh, giving a shit about any of this stuff because I just know it's all bullshit and I know at the end of the day they're not going to do anything. And if they had 65 votes, they would be like, oh, you know, if it weren't for those six moderates in the Democratic caucus in that House, uh, you know, we could really have gotten these uh, th- th- that, that, that public option pass, which, by the way, has totally disappeared from fucking any conversation whatsoever. Uh, oh, Joe Biden's signature health care proposal of, of a public option, well, which was bullshit I'll, to I'll begin tell with. You. You know, there there is one group of people who are not putting up with the bullshit anymore, who are in mass ending the abusive, toxic relationship that has been their lives for years. And it is retail workers. Right now, retail workers are quitting their jobs in mass. Uh, it was 649,000 retail workers put in their notice in the month of April. The largest one-month exodus since the Labor Department began tracking such data more than 20 years ago. Uh, this is very incredible. I mean, you, how many videos have you seen in the last year and a half of retail workers being just a- absolutely assaulted and accosted by these MAGA anti-vaxxer, anti-masker p- 
pieces of shit. Right. And just the, the absolute horrible conditions they've had to work in. Right, as if working retail isn't fucking soul-crushing and torturous enough. Yeah. You know, it's 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 miserable. I you know, still do it from time to time in my in my job, and it's just a fucking miserable uh, it's something that nobody should be subjected to. Like, truly, truly something that nobody should be subjected to. So, yeah. Washington Post had an article here, a couple of real quick quotes. Christina Knoll spent much of the pandemic working the closing shift at the dollar store, sometimes nine consecutive days in a row without a break, for $10.25 an hour. She felt isolated, anxious, and demoralized. I think Marx would agree with that. Last right. month, the 34-year-old from Concord, North Carolina, quit leaving the industry she's worked for for most of her adult life. Now she works from home for a local law firm, a job that three days in still seems too good to be true. Quote, there's a part of me that feels like this almost be a dream, Knowles said. Uh, there were a lot of things I liked about retail. I love talking to people and helping them, but the pandemic made me realize it was untenable. Labor professors and economists say the pandemic also made it harder for the nation's 15 million retail workers to find reliable childcare and public transportation. Oh, yeah. But now that life is returning to normal, and analysts say <laughs> <laughs> uh, that workers have been able to realize they have options, capitalizing on the latest wave of hirings and government stimulus. That part is bullshit. Uh, as a catalyst for career change, companies of all sizes, meanwhile, are offering a host of perks from free appetizers to <laughs> like, oh, whoa. Whoa, wow, wow. Well, I'm going to retire right now so I get some free fucking whoa, I, from free wings from TGIF. Uh, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't get any health care benefits, but I get a free blooming onion from the Outback. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, companies of all sizes, meanwhile, are offering a host of perks from free appetizers to subsidize college courses to attract and keep workers. So yeah, it's it's encouraging to see a bunch of young people who have suddenly realized their self worth uh, quit an industry that has nothing but contempt for them, you know. And I would love to see the same thing happen with the Democratic Party, where people are just like, nope, not going to vote for you ever fucking again. Right. If you want right. to, vo- if you want to organize anything else, do it outside the Democratic Party. Until then, not voting. Right. Right. Um, oh wow! So I just uh, while you were talking, I was I was refreshing my Twitter feed. Apparently, John McAfee uh, was found dead in his prison cell. Uh, apparently, from a suicide after the Spanish courts agreed to extradite him. Uh, wait, 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 who is he? John Mac, he, the guy who created McAfee um, antivirus. But he was like, you know, I don't even know his full story. But he's like some kind of like crazy like. Uh, He's very much like a, a John DeLorean type character, but um, I'm trying to look up what he's even accused of doing. Um, let me just, I'll read you his, his Wikipedia blurb uh, okay. real quick. Um, let's see. Um, uh, he was a political activist. He unsuccessfully sought the Libertarian Party nomination for President of the United States in 2016 and 2020. On October 6, 2020, he was arrested in Spain over tax evasion charges. Uh, these charges were announced shortly after the, the SEC revealed that it had brought civil charges against McAfee that he could face 30 years in fines if convicted. Uh, and then, you know, of course, today he was found dead in a jail cell. So uh, Edward Snowden actually quote-tweeted this, and, and he had a really salient point I think he made. Uh, Europe should not extradite those accused of nonviolent crimes to a court system so unfair and a prison system so cruel that native-born defendants would rather die than become subject to it. Uh, Julian Assange could be next. Until the system is reformed, a moratorium should remain. 
Um, which I agree with wholeheartedly. And yeah, they are trying to fucking extradite Julian Assange right now, and they have to have him on Suicide Watch because he knows that being in a U.S. prison is, uh, you know, I, I I probably would rather be dead, especially the way they're gonna put they're gonna fucking deal with him in federal prison. You know, like they're not gonna send him to right. a and nice just, resort. And just prison. remember, just remember, a, a British court already ruled against extraditing Assange to America on the grounds that our prisons are uh, amount to cruel and unusual punishment and right. can't guarantee him uh, his safety to, to even survive long enough to get to a fair trial, right. let alone get a fair trial. Right. right. And, and the U.S. Justice Department is appealing that, uh, that ruling. That's why he's still in jail. Right. Unbelievable. Just really disgraceful. But yeah, um, well, on that fun, uh, upbeat note, uh, I think that about does it for us today. Hey, um, at least Yang isn't going to be the fucking mayor of New York City. Thank right, God. Right, right. No, <laughs> I'll it, take it, the, take it, the W the, when I can. It's just going to be the landlord cop who doesn't actually live in New York State who's going to be the next mayor. Probably. Well, you know, for all the times you call the landlord <laughs> and want them to fix a problem and they just ignore it and don't don't do shit, like maybe that's the best thing for New York City is a, <laughs> right, is a right. mayor who's not even there. A mayor who's right. just completely absent. Right, just let the inmates run the asylum. Um, I'm you sure know, that'll be. <laughs> that'll New York be City, New York City's got a pretty progressive uh, city council. I, I I watched a good chunk of the uh, the hearings on the uh, Amazon H Q two thing, and oh my god, they were it was like the whole city council just rose up together and was like, "This is a fucking union town, and you're not getting three billion dollars. So get the fuck out." Right. <laughs> And, yeah. and then then Andrew uh, Andrew Cuomo and Bill De Blasio were fucking crying because all oh, the oh, jobs you're lo- losing. All Fuck all off. the all the you know we could have cut a, a a ribbon on a fucking helipad for Jeff Bezos's personal landing strip yeah. in the middle of Queens. That was and you want to throw real, all that away? <laughs> that was the real mask off moment for De Blasio too. Fucking big tall goofy weirdo. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that about does he's, a, he's a big, tall guy with a full head of hair who's like bending over for bald Jeff Bezos, who's <laughs> probably like five foot four. Like, you're, you, he might have more money than you, but like, you're, you're basically having your own army. <laughs> you know, right, like, you, can... you got the you got the fucking seat. So I didn't even know. Did, did he? Um, is he? Ter- is uh, De Blasio term limited out, or how's that working? Yeah, I believe he's term limited out. Uh, I do. I do think the mayors have term limits, even though the governor does not seem to have term limits. Or I, I don't know. D- Cuomo basically thinks he's going to run again, which is which is fucking hilarious. I don't think he will, but um... uh, oh, he he absolutely will. His whole philosophy is is that he has to. Uh, you know, have more terms in office than his father and outshine his father. So Right. Well, I, I just wonder if he's going to try to run for president. Like, if he's, if, you know, I don't know where when his election is versus when, you know, the, the 2024 and, and what that's even going to shape up to look like or if it's going to be Biden, you know, in, in, uh, you know, with the with the fucking rod up his back and the, the, the marionette strings keeping him animated. Um, and, But or if it's going to be like, you know, a primary, but. That'll be interesting to see because um, I really do hope Andrew Cuomo runs for president uh, because that will be really fucking funny. What, and what, a real, what, what is what is Andrew Yang going to run for again? Because he's oh he's man. just going to keep going. He's going to keep throwing himself at the wall until he sticks. I don't know, Israeli Parliament maybe. I think he probably <laughs> could have some good luck. Over there. <laughs> he's running running for mayor of Tel Aviv. Oh, so your 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 great great grandfather uh, married a Jewish woman? I guess yeah, sure. Here, come take this Palestinian's house. You can come live here, and we'll call you a uh, we'll call you a citizen. We'll we'll throw you in the Congress. It's fine. We'll throw you in the Parliament. 
Oh, um, fuck. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that about does it for us this week. Um, rate, review, and subscribe uh, on whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, probably not Apple Podcasts anymore because the app doesn't fucking work. Um, just follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, um, facebook.com slash move left idiots. <clears throat> Patreon is patreon.com slash move left. Merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left pod. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and as always, I'm on Twitter at Andrew Yang blows goats for 2069. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>